0: Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, good morning, Jamie. What a what a crazy day! I'm glad I'm not driving. Me too. Oh my wow. gosh, what is going on? It's been a crazy morning. It, it, you know, if they if we paid Detour Dan by the crash he'd be a wealthy guy this morning, wouldn't he? Just today, Just yes. today. He'd be, he could retire off of what happened today on the roads. So uh, keep it locked here because the roads have been, uh, all joking aside, the roads have been rough this morning, so keep it locked here for the traffic reports as the updates come in um, at, in just a few minutes. going to start the show off this morning with something a bit different. We've been talking about the economy, but I think this is such a big a big issue for us in Arizona that I think starting with immigration is a necessary thing. Um, as you know, and you We've heard a federal appeals court rules against the Obama era DACA policy protecting the dreamers. The Supreme Court stopped uh, President Trump from ending DACA in 2017, but the policy may face a rougher review and the, th- the legality of DACA winds up before the high court again. So let's start. That was just a headline. Let's start with this. Um, I think that as an American, what we have done, we have to take some responsibility. What I mean is we as citizens, we elect our leadership. The border has been ignored, was ignored for a very long time. Um, Different reasons now, I think. But back then, uh, when we were much younger, I remember nobody being concerned about a border issue. There was a nod and a wink with a lot of people. If you go back farther, you go back to the Clinton administration, the Democrats were the border hawks. The Democrats that's wanted to end illegal immigration. They thought it was driving down wages. It was a big union push to end it because they thought union membership was, was driving down wages and there were jobs being taken that Americans could do for a lot more money. And that was where the push was. And so it really doesn't matter what party it is. We understand the border has been an issue going back to Reagan and before Ronald Reagan. But what happened with the Dreamers and what President Obama did was he went with an executive action to protect a group of former children that had been brought here by their parents that truly were people without a country. And so they were born in countries outside of the U.S., brought into the U.S. illegally, raised as Americans in American schools that now had become adults that wanted to go in the military, wanted to go to college, Wanted to contribute, but they were told you're not a citizen, which technically they are not. They are the shining example. The Dreamers are a shining example of the failure of the American immigration system. And here's what's a shame about that. We truly are a nation of immigrants. We were built by people that came here to start a new world. It's been called the New World. And so I am. I am completely and utterly against illegal immigration. It needs to be stopped. And this is one of the key reasons why. Not the fault of the kids. These are the sins of the parents. And I believe there has to be some trade off. And this is where I differ with the dreamers. And this has been kind of the bone of contention I've had. And when I've had interactions with people that are dreamer supporters or dreamers themselves, is that I am someone that says there are still laws in America that were violated. So there has to be some penalty to be paid. So let's start there. I've always said if the parents that came here illegally 30 years ago or 20 years ago brought their children and at the border were stopped and told, you can bring your children, you can educate them in America. American schools, but when it comes time for them to go to college, no matter where they are, they will not pay in-state tuition. That's the sacrifice you're going to have to make, is that you will pay out of state tuition. Their children will have in-state tuition, but your children won't. There's not a parent crossing that border that wouldn't have signed on the dotted line for that deal. And what it does is give some semblance of fairness in a way to the families that did it the right way. You bring your children here the right way. You come to America the way the rules dictate. You've done it. The problem is right now, there are so many people saying, A, it takes too long, it's too expensive, and why would we follow the rules when the administration is allowing people to be here um, and, and there is no re- there are no repercussions? All of those things are factual, but what we can't get away from is we have a generation of adults that were brought here illegally as children, raised as Americans, contribute as Americans, want to work and serve in the military and be law enforcement officers, and, you know, the argument about the border Well, there's been bad people hiding behind DACA as well. Absolutely true. There is no doubt that there are people that have come here or hiding under the DACA protection that really shouldn't be protected or be in this country. That's true as well. All the more reason why a judge saying this is illegal is a time for the Congress to get together and come up with a solution, a legislative solution. Solution: uh, Something that is is written in law, written in stone, that the president can sign that says this is how we are handling this generation of people that have come here. And we're going to make sure the people that don't deserve protection don't get it. And at the same time, the Republicans should be able to get what they want. And this should be what everybody wants, real border security. Enough border enforcement agents, technology where it's necessary, structure and walls where it's necessary, and negotiate that now knowing you've got to get something done. I'll tell you that we are never going to solve the the solution or the problems at the southern border of the United States until citizens like you and I from both sides of the political aisle say to the members of Congress, you have got to get something done. You have to work together. You've got to iron something out. I guarantee you I won't be happy with everything that's done, and neither will you, but we'll get something done. We've had two million encounters in one year, people at the southern border, more and more people coming. It's worse than it's ever been been so we're passing this off you know my kids are in their 30s my grandkids are my oldest is 11 give it another 15 years there are kids his age that are coming here when he's voting age when he's running for office when he's working when he's in the military whatever he ends up doing when he's a voter and a taxpayer and he's one of the leaders of the future they're going to be talking about this same topic with this next generation of dreamers there's no doubt about that it's already happened but we've got to stop it from happening again And this is where citizens of this country, and I would say anybody that is a dreamer, related to a dreamer, sympathizes with the dreamers that are outraged right now and fearful of what might happen, I don't blame you. But now is the time for you to make sure the people that support you are willing to negotiate so that something happens to protect the dreamers once and for all. At the same time, we've got to do something and recognize that what's happening at the southern border of the United States is tragic What you're seeing, I've got a story here about El Paso. El Paso, Texas is is run. It's right on the border with Juarez. And El Paso, Texas is a major port of entry. And the town of El Paso also has a large population of people that are coming here illegally. It is also a city that is run by Democrats. You know that they're sending more people to New York and Chicago and other places by bus from El Paso than the Republican governors are. But see if you understand now the political fight that's going on, does it matter if it's the federal government that's loading people up on airplanes and buses and sending them across the country or if it's Republican governors do it publicly in protest, sending them to Chicago and New York as a sign and saying, listen, this is what we're dealing with. Now it's your turn. Are they all pawns or is it just pawns when you disagree with them? In the end, we have got a wave of humanity coming to this country and we should open our arms to people that want to live the American dream. But it's got to be done in an orderly way. We know that it's been a 600 percent increase in the people that have been caught at the border that are on the terror watch list. And so we understand that there are national security implications. There is so much happening. And we should take this as an opportunity now as citizens to reach out to our members of Congress and say, here is your opportunity to fix this issue once and for all. Knowing going in, we are probably not all going to like the fix. That the fix that we see is going to be a fix that is a negotiation where everybody gets some of what they want and they give some of uh, what they don't want to give. But you come to a solution so that we can say to our grandchildren, you won't have to deal with this in bigger numbers than you're already going to have to. And so hopefully that's what happens with what's gone on here. And uh, I think that would be the silver lining on this. But I think this is the biggest story of the day, especially for states like Arizona and Texas. But it affects everybody in the country. There is not a state. In the Union, in the lower 48, certainly, there isn't a state in the Union that doesn't deal with this issue on some level. And there's there's more that can be done. There is more that can be done. Coming up in a few moments, um, the Biden administration seeking out new sources of oil because of what OPEC is doing. Where do you think they turned? I'll give you answers next. Uncle Ted, we're talking about Ted Nugent this morning in the office before the show for all you Ted Nugent fans. My second favorite Ted Nugent song right here, Stranglehold, second favorite. Um, so let's talk, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the unlikely source for oil. This is where we've come in this country. I've been talking about policy for quite a long time, and uh, people get upset or get bored, I guess, with the conversation, but it's what we all should be looking at. I- ideally, the way we would vote would be we would look at what somebody is qualified to do. Uh, I'll give you an example in the NFL. If you, if you're a reporter in the NFL, if you're someone that watches and, and reports on teams, one of the least favorite coaches to talk to is Bill Belichick with the new England Patriots. He, he is like listening to paint dry. When he talks to reporters, he doesn't give a lot of information. He's a little bit snarky. He, he doesn't have a good rapport with them, but at the same time, there isn't a, team in the NFL that wouldn't want that guy coaching the team. Why? Look at the Super Bowls. Look at the success. Look at how good he is at the job. And ideally when you are a success-driven organization, at the end of the day it isn't about you being the best looking. It isn't about you having the best personality. It's about having the best qualifications to lead the organization. Whatever that is. Think about you. Do you care what your surgeon looks like? Or do you care what your surgeon can do? Are we picking a surgeon based on how they look or how they talk? That, you know what? That surgeon really makes me laugh. I think I'm going to let him operate on me. Or is it I want someone that's done this surgery so many times they could do it with their eyes closed? So ideally in elections, that's what we should be talking about is policy. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? What's the outcome going to be? Who are they going to surround themselves with? What's their cabinet going to look like if they run for president? Who are they going to put in charge of transportation and energy and the Fed uh, or, or uh, Homeland Security? Who are they putting in charge? So those are all questions ideally as voters we should ask. So when I talk about these policies, this is why I talk about them. The Biden administration has decided that they're going to ask the Venezuelans for oil. I mean, just let that sink in. Listen, look in your mind and think about what Venezuela, what that government has done to their people over the last 25 years or so. You look at the complete decimation of their wealth. You look at how the quality of life in Venezuela has been so dramatically changed. You look at the oppression of their people, the mass exodus of their citizens trying to get to the U.S. or other countries because you can't live in Venezuela, the form of government they have, the oppressive way they treat people. And we now want to enrich that country because we have no other choice because the OPEC nations decided they're going to dramatically reduce the production of oil and drive up the price of gasoline so they can damage damage our economy. They can and that I think is a bonus to them. They're going to enrich themselves because the price of oil is going to go up. But if they can do that and they can also hammer the U.S. economy, you don't think that there's a high five going on between the UAE and the Russians right now? And they're deepening their ties together. So we as a nation We're not talking to the oil and gas companies, to the fossil fuel industry here in the United States and figuring out a way to take the handcuffs off so that they can go back to being energy independent. So energy independence for me, in my mind, is as much a national security issue as it is an economic issue. Yes, it drives down the price of gasoline by virtue of driving down the price of oil. If we refine more, if we're able to refine more efficiently, it drives down the price. All of that's true. But now we are we are bound right now in being controlled to a certain extent by the saudis and by the russians because we are not able to say to them and there's no doubt that if this had happened when we did have energy independence that it would affect the markets there's no doubt about it but certainly not to the extent that it's happening right now we do not have a seat at the table and we did a few years ago so it is about policy it this is not about um about anything more than that. I want you to listen. This is uh, Patrick Dehan from "Gas Buddy," uh, talking about what's happening, his opinion on OPEC and what's going on. Potentially could be signaling more agreement with Russia,
1: which was also pushing for a production cuts. So it's very interesting timing, especially ahead of the midterms. It's not impossible that OPEC, knowing Americans are very sensitive to gas prices, could be trying to send a political message as well.
0: So that's this is now you're talking about someone. Patrick Dehan is the is chief of research over at, um, and I should I guess that's the best way of putting it over at GasBuddy. They talk about fuel prices and they talk about why it's happening. So what would affect how is this going to affect everyone? It will affect in the end all of us by somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 30 cents a gallon. But in some regions, you won't notice it basically in the West Coast and the Great Lakes and Plain States. But you will notice it pushing prices up rather soon in areas like
1: the South, the East Coast and Northeast, along with the Rockies.
0: So this is where we I talk about policy, policy, policy. And when I have people ask me that are saying, you know, what would you do? How what could possibly be done? You look at consistently go back. You can see yourself. You can research whether it's a gas buddy or you can just do an Internet search on gas prices. Go back and look at the previous administration and what happened. uh, Just gas prices. I'm not asking you to vote for the guy. I'm not saying we should have Trump as president again. I'm saying look at performance during the four years that Donald Trump was president, we had gas prices under $3 per gallon for all four years. And then you look at when Joe Biden took office week after week from the beginning of his administration, we saw a significant increase in those prices. So we had covid During Trump's era, we had COVID during Biden's era, and we were seeing a consistent increase in gas prices. Then it was made worse by what happened with Russia and Ukraine. There have been other things that have happened, but the policies of this administration started tying the hands of the fossil fuel industry, and it drove up prices. Now we're dealing with a situation where OPEC is flexing its muscle, and there's nothing we can do because of the policies of what's happened and what they've done to the oil and gas industry. Now if you are someone that is a climate change advocate, you like what's happening right now. You're happy about what's happening right now. You think it's necessary. You don't like paying higher prices, but you see it as necessary. I don't, and I think a lot of Americans don't either. Coming up in a minute, Gatos joins me. It's the Big Q poll question of the day: The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers..
1: Good morning, Gatos. Good morning, Mike. What's happening today? You know, just trying to do the show, get through the week. Absolutely. I got a a good uh, cue for you. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Hey, wait, hold on. Okay, you be the judge. All right. It's about fentanyl. Okay. You you talk fentanyl all the time. I do, yeah. Oh, gosh, what a major problem. All right. A new survey found that 47% of eighth graders have never heard of fentanyl.
0: I know. I, I saw that. I can't believe it.
1: I know. So, have you talked with your kids about the dangers of fentanyl? Yes or no? I mean, this is this is something that uh, if it's if your kid were to buy a pill, uh, it could be laced with fentanyl, and your kid could die in seconds. Right. That's how dangerous this thing is. So I do wonder if if this is the new talk that parents are having with their kids. And you know, if you have an eighth grader, uh, seventh grader, and and anybody—I don't know when you parents—you figure out when you want to talk to your kid about this. But I mean, I remember my mom sitting me down at the kitchen table and telling me about drugs when I was a little kid, and she scared the crap out of me. And I've never done a drug in my life. I don't. I never have either. No, I'm not interested in it. She probably scared me. Uh, And and. I, I just I think that fentanyl's become such a big problem uh, well, and it's, it's just so even, deadly
0: and even coming in contact with it that's the other part of it is you don't even have to be looking to seeking out fentanyl. they're lacing other things with it so you think you're taking one thing it's laced with fentanyl it's so much more potent and dangerous yeah. touching it can get you an, you know can get you an OD an overdose It's a scary drug man.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you know you think you could be. I'm feeling nervous. Oh, this person at school is selling Xanax. Yeah, they'll buy one, and then you buy one, and it's laced with fentanyl, and you're. Dead. yeah and you hear so many parents telling that tragic
0: story of their oh. kid was at a party and tried something and never yeah. been an issue and they're it's to pay with
1: their life here's the bottom line don't take a pill right. Never, ever 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 take a pill you'll be fine if you don't take a pill all
0: right well all right, it's man. a it's a you know what it's a sad question but i it think is. it's a it's a great question got
1: to talk about
0: it all right man talk Thanks, to Mike. you tomorrow that is Gatos, and the Big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealer. Here's what we're going to do just after 9 o'clock. We've talked about fuel prices. Let's talk about what's happening in the economy. A major corporation is now continuing layoffs, now laying off 500 more employees. Is this a sign of what's coming this year? We're going to talk about that coming up in all of the economic news next.